an entitled Karen stops me on the side of the road, demanding that I sell her my dog, while also refusing to take no for an answer. And when she wouldn't stop and leave me alone, I ended up having to put her in her place. Here's what happened. My partner and I have two dogs, and just like my two-and-a-half-year-old, we essentially consider them children. My parents have always called them their grand puppies, and we've done everything we can to ensure that they live happy lives. Arlo is the eldest and is a blue mantle Great Dane. He is beautiful, loving, and basically Scooby-Doo with different coloring. Our other dog by the name of Daphne is our second eldest, and she's a mutt, essentially. Her dad was a German Shepherd, and her mom was a Rottweiler mix. My partner saw Daphne and immediately fell in love with her. She is our smart middle child who is the reason the front screen door is always locked, because she can literally open it. And yes, she was named Daphne after my partner tried and failed to get Arlo to be called Scooby. Anyways, my partner was taking Arlo and Daphne for a walk. I had gone halfway with them before heading back home as our toddler had fallen asleep. And if I didn't, we would have been up until 10 o'clock at night with that danger nap. He continued on, and as he was passing the local school, a car pulls up in the middle of the road. My partner wonders what's going on, thinking that maybe there was just something up ahead and the driver wanted to warn them about it. The window rolls down and it's some lady staring at our dogs. The woman points at Arlo and goes, how much? My partner is obviously very confused at this point. Why would a stranger pull up in the middle of the road asking how much our dog is? Arlo didn't have a for sale sign on him, so my partner replies, he's not for sale. But the woman doesn't take that as an answer. She says, no, really, how much is he? My partner then reiterated, um, I'm sorry, he's not for sale. They go back and forth like this for a few rounds, with her asking how much and my partner clearly stating that we are not selling Arlo. This entitled Karen then says one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. She says, um, everything is for sale for the right price. When this lady said this, my partner was instantly enraged. This woman wasn't taking no for an answer and now is insinuating that money is worth more than the love we have for our dog. My partner then said, listen lady, I don't know how much clearer I have to be. He is not for sale. He will never be for sale. We know he's beautiful and you're not the first person to think this or to tell us this. But for the love of God, if we wanted to make money off of him, we would breed him instead of getting rid of him. So get lost. He was absolutely fuming when he got home and told me about this. Neither of us could believe that someone could be so entitled to think that they could stop in the middle of the road and try and buy someone else's dog. Because at the end of the day, these dogs are more than just dogs. We consider them family and no amount of money would ever make us sell a member of our family, especially not to some entitled Karen on the side of the road. The anger this makes me feel is indescribable. I can't imagine selling my beloved pet to someone else simply because they're saying, oh, everything has a price. Like, that's just ridiculous to me. How entitled do you actually have to be to stop on the side of the road to do that to somebody? That's so offensive and just so disgusting and gross. So good for both of you for deciding to put your foot down and say no. We are not going to sell a member of our family because there is not a price tag you can put on the love of a family member, even if that family member just happens to be a dog. An entitled Karen goes off on me saying she's going to use her dash cam footage to expose me on social media, claiming that I sold her faulty hardware. So I had this keyboard that I bought and was selling online. It sat on there for a while before this weird lady messaged me and wanted to buy it. So I arranged a 
place to meet up close to my house, but not close enough to where she would know exactly where I live. Because, you know, sketchy people. So I went down to our meetup, and I walk up to her car, and it was fairly nice. Just some lady with some tattoos, and I was telling her some things about the keyboard that I was selling. For a disclaimer, I said to her before we even met up that it might not work for consoles. Because, of course, consoles can be iffy with keyboards. So she bought the keyboard for $80, and I got it on sale for $35, so I got a big profit out of it. So a couple of days later, I get a text from this lady that goes on and on about how I sold her this keyboard when it doesn't even work. Which, keep in mind, it does work. I used it before I sold it to her. I told her that it could be iffy on consoles, and reminded her that I previously told her that, but to no avail, as she tells me she tried it on her Apple computer and told me that it didn't work. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I told you it might not work for what you want. She then proceeded to tell me that she was going to post me all over social media and that she had a dash cam that had a video on it and she captured the entire thing. Now, obviously, this didn't scare me because for one, I was wearing a mask and two, I could care less if some weird entitled Karen tries to judge me on social media. She demanded a refund from me and I told her flat out, I'm not giving you a refund because you're not entitled to it for one and also I already spent it so there's no money to give back to you anyways so long story short she bought an $80 keyboard that I warned her might not work for the console I made a profit and still don't know if she posted me on social media but I had a good laugh about it and hopefully I'll find that video one day it's funny how you can explain to someone over and over again something might not work the way they think it will and yet they still ignore it and then freak out when that very thing happens I guess the keyboard that this lady bought was not exactly what she was supposed to be using for her computer, which is fine. Sometimes it works out like that. But the fact that she tried to blame this on the seller itself is just absolutely ridiculous. And also, this lady's a moron for buying something over social media. Like, go to an actual vendor and get something new. Don't buy something on social media and then complain, oh, it doesn't work. Like, that is literally the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion, when it comes to purchasing any kind of electronic goods. Because it's already been in somebody's hands and they have already used it for who knows how long. So why not just buy something new for yourself or at least buy something where you know for a fact it's going to work on your computer because otherwise you're going to be out $80 and wish that you had just spent that money on something new. My friend and former colleague gave me a bad work reference and honestly I'm still in shock. I met my friend who I'm going to call Sarah about eight years ago. That's not her real name but we actually knew each other on a personal level prior to then but hadn't spoken in many years. When we started working together again totally coincidentally we were very excited. We ended up working on some major projects together that were very successful. We moved on to other places but have stayed in touch on a personal level ever since. And I thought she was one of my best friends. Since we work so closely together, I have used her as a reference for some jobs. I don't list her as a supervisor, of course, but as a colleague and I've never had any issue that I know of. I recently applied for a new job that I'm in the finals for. I might contextualize that lately her career is not really going as she'd like, but I would say some of it is her choice. She doesn't want to work full-time, refuses to go in office, and so because of this, a lot of the jobs that she's had are very menial with work more akin to data entry and other things along those lines. And honestly, she complains about it a lot. Overall, as a friend, I try to be sympathetic as best that I can. I don't know if this has anything to do with the following events, but she also recently had a baby and has quit all her jobs and as far as I know, does not plan to go back to work. I don't see how her husband makes enough to support both of them, especially in this economy, but I guess they figured it
it out. Which is fine. I don't care. I just don't know if she's feeling a certain way about it. And I obviously would never comment on that, as it's not my place to do so. Anyway, apparently my references for this new job I'm up for got flagged for something. I asked for a status update because it seemed to be taking longer than expected. And they said one of my references raised concerns. And so they were personally reaching out to all five of my references to have a meeting with them just to clarify some things. I was shocked and didn't know what to think. Which of my references could have possibly given me a bad reference? I messaged her because we message all the time casually and said I was super confused and was trying to figure out who could have said something bad. She was like, well, I hope it wasn't mine. I tried to be innocuous and then forwarded me the email she sent. The reference that she gave was not good. The things that stuck out to me was her saying things like, I often find frequent typos and editing errors in her writing, not for lack of knowing better, but out of carelessness, which frankly isn't true in a work environment. It's true when we chat all day, but not at work. And writing, proofreading, editing is one of the main aspects of the job. So I know it's going to be an issue. There are other things that I don't feel like getting into, but it was all things that I don't know why you would write if you had agreed to give a reference for someone, unless you were so convinced that this person was such a terrible person that you had to warn them against hiring them. I'm honestly just so shocked and completely hurt that I don't know what to say. I did tell her that I think this is going to be an actual issue for me getting my job, and all she had to say was, sorry, I didn't know what to put down. These surveys are weird. Can I even salvage this friendship? Like, is this callousness, stupidity, or something worse? What can I say to her to make it clear that this is beyond just LOL, my bad? I'm honestly just so shocked and questioning everything about our friendship. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This person is not your friend. They are literally sabotaging your attempt at getting a better job. All because they're probably jealous or have some kind of grudge against you. Not because of anything you did, but more so because they have some kind of envy about your position. That's my guess at least. Who on earth would act like this? Especially somebody you consider a friend. She knew what kind of job you were going out for, so she specifically said things that would somehow take apart and ruin your credibility towards this job. I mean, this is absolutely deliberate and 
and very malicious, and in my opinion, completely unforgivable. I would cut this lady off completely and entirely, like, tomorrow. There is absolutely no way I would let that slide. Like, your supposed friend is a terrible person, and it sucks that she showed her true colors right when it counts. I mean, you would chat with this lady and spend a lot of time sending messages and getting to know her, and it's absolutely unacceptable for her to try and blindside you like that. Absolutely awful, and honestly, your instincts are spot on. I would literally never talk to her again, cut my losses, and know to never use her for anything else ever again. It also makes me wonder what other situations she has actively tried to ruin for you. Like, there is always the possibility that she's been doing this for years behind your back, and this is the only time that it's ever come up. Other employment opportunities have probably passed you up in the past, potentially because this lady keeps getting in the way. So yeah, cut her off, get rid of this lady, and find a better reference. Because if she truly cared and if she really was a friend, she would not be actively trying to ruin your career. My roommates hate when my boyfriend comes over. And honestly, I'm not sure what to do about it. I've been with my boyfriend for three years and have lived with these people for two years. So it's nothing really new. They were nice to him when we first moved in, but after about a year, they suddenly became really bitter towards him and would refuse to even speak to him or even acknowledge his existence. Yet they were still nice and friendly to me. I had a discussion about it with them before in the past, to which they agreed to at least be cordial and say hi back since it bothered me. But when asked what the issue was and if he did something to upset them, they would say that they simply don't click with him. I was a little upset because it felt very immature. My boyfriend would literally only ever say hi to them and we'd go off to my bedroom. He would never linger around them long enough to say anything to really bother them and would just be cordial and say hi, to which they always met him with silence or clear annoyance on their faces. If he ever did try to start a conversation in the past, they would always look at each other first, but never even give him the dignity of a response, which was absolutely ridiculous and rude in my opinion. I know they don't owe him anything, but I at least expected them to be cordial with him. I'm not expecting anything in-depth or some kind of deep-seated friendship. Just be nice. And he only comes over on Friday and Saturday, which my roommates and I agreed was fair, since a big issue in the past was he overstayed his welcome. He stayed over for one week because his apartment was getting fumigated last minute, so he had to have a place to stay. But whenever he is over, it's like a switch flips. All of a sudden, my roommates seem really frustrated with me, as well as him all over again. My boyfriend and I always try and stay out of the way and just hang out in my room for the majority of the time he's over. But it seems that him just being here in particular is just a trigger for my roommates, more specifically the one that's 37. This specific roommate never communicates her issues to me, but just gives me the cold shoulder until my other roommate speaks up for her, which drives me nuts. If I ask what's wrong, she'll tell me it's nothing, and I'm just left guessing. Half the time, I really can't tell what she's genuinely thinking, or if she's mad at me or not. She'll smile to my face one minute, then ignore me the next. It's honestly really confusing. And at this point, I'm honestly at a loss. I don't know what to do. Neither of my roommates leave the house much at all, except to get groceries, and they very rarely ever have anyone over. They pretty much stay in their rooms all day, or watch anime together all the time, which I enjoy and sometimes watch with them too. Because of this, they have formed a very close bond with each other, and this can make them a bit clicky at times, especially when my boyfriend is around. On the off chance they might have one friend over, I've noticed they are both respectful and very engaging of the other's company, which kind of upsets me. This entire situation seems very unfair, and I'm honestly not sure what to do. Your roommates are acting very, very immature. The way they're acting and the fact that they can't communicate, even when both of them 
them are over the age of 30 is absolutely ridiculous. If they really don't like something about this lady's boyfriend, then they need to say something, and then the issue can be addressed. But nothing can get done if you don't say something. Honestly, this type of behavior drives me nuts. When someone gives you the cold shoulder, and then when you try and investigate and be like, okay, wait a second, what's going on here? And then this person says, nothing's wrong. Well, then congratulations, I can't fix whatever's bothering you, even though your behavior says otherwise. It is absolutely ridiculous when people act like this, because it's unfair for everybody involved. You're clearly and obviously holding some kind of grudge towards them, and you're doing nothing to try and fix it. So you would rather everybody in the house be miserable, all at the expense of you being selfish and not properly communicating. Now, I'm not saying that this boyfriend doesn't have things to work on. Maybe it really does upset them that every Friday and Saturday, he's going to be there, and they have to put up with that. Even from the sounds of what we've been described, it doesn't sound like he does anything to make anybody upset. I think just him being there is pissing these people off, which in and of itself is really ridiculous. It'd be different if he said something offensive or if he did something to anger them. But if these roommates truly just sit in their room and watch anime all day, then seriously, what's the problem? I think an obvious solution to this problem, though, is maybe go to your boyfriend's place. Your roommates are acting like 13-year-olds. There's no reason for you to bring your boyfriend over there. You've tried communicating with them. You have tried to find some kind of common ground. You've tried to find out, okay, what is actually going on? But nothing is working because they're acting like toddlers. So in my opinion, just go to your boyfriend's house from here on out. It's simply not worth having to deal with these homebodies who rarely socialize. And sure, they don't have to be friends with them, but to have some kind of secret grudge against him simply because is absolutely ridiculous and not something you should have to deal with. But what would you do in this situation? Leave a comment down below. We would love to hear it. I am setting new guest boundaries after my extended family overstays their welcome and abuses my generosity. Here's what happened. I work from home full time. Our home has four bedrooms. The master bedroom where my husband and I sleep, a room with a twin bed for each of our children, and my office. In the past, my workspace doubled as a guest room. This became more and more unstable as I began to pick up more and more hours, coupled with friends and extended family members that came to stay on average once every two weeks. It caused a lot of disruption in my workflow to move my office upstairs into our master bedroom and turn from office mode to guest mode every time guests stay more than a night. I can't work from my master bedroom on a regular basis because my husband works night shifts and needs to sleep in our bed during the day. However, our large extended family has come to count on us having this guest room available as we live close to an urban center and they all live further away. It feels a bit like we're being taken advantage of as there are so many affordable hotels around our area and neither of our families are struggling financially so they could easily afford it. Recently, a guest unexpectedly stayed with us for two months without our express invitation. The guest spouse was in the hospital and the only hospital that could serve them was in our urban area. For the first few weeks, we were very accommodating, but after that, it was a huge strain on my work and our marriage and home life. The guest spouse was not in urgent danger, although we did feel very sympathetic to their situation. My husband and I felt it would have been more sustainable if the guest stayed with us each weekend to visit their spouse in the hospital and left during the work week, but the guest rudely dismissed our concerns and is a difficult person, and we felt we were unable to lay out any kind of boundaries with these people. So instead, I struggled to complete my full-time work, fell behind on deadlines, and really ended up with a lot of anxiety. It was so tough on our marriage that we ended up in couples therapy over this, as the feelings of powerlessness, as well as the arguments that would happen between us, were very tough for us to deal with. As of today, we are both doing a lot better 
and we're on a positive healing trajectory. The guest spouse has since been released from the hospital, and they have both gone home. After they left, I put my foot down and said never again. I got rid of the guest bedroom, and from now on, guests will have to sleep on the couch with a two-night limit, or they can go to a nearby hotel. My husband was okay with this decision, but we already know for a fact that some members of our family will be upset with us, particularly the guests who overstayed their welcome and their spouse, as it is likely that they will need to return to our area regularly for hospital checkups. We both feel anxious about how they will react. However, they do have the finances to stay in a hotel for a night or two when they need to. So it begs the question that I really need answering. Am I the jerk for doing this? Is it okay that I set boundaries on who can stay at my house and for how long? You are not the jerk in this situation and no, you did not overstep your boundaries. It is actually a really good thing that you decided to do this because even if people get upset by this, it lets you as well as your husband take back control of your life as well as your home. It's completely inappropriate for people to just show up unannounced and say, hey, can I stay over? It doesn't matter if you're in a good location and it's like an ideal spot for people to go and to travel and to do all sorts of things. It's inconsiderate and it's definitely not something that I would put up with. So good for you for putting your foot down and deciding that enough is enough. Because honestly, you went above and beyond what anyone would have expected from you. Especially having someone stay over your house for two months without even asking in the first place. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.